Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for March 15. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. In our troubled world, many long for the days of great revival. Perhaps the days of the Wesleys and George Whitfield in England and in the United States. Or the years of Billy Graham. Or the days of great revival in East Africa. Let me suggest we shouldn't be discouraged. Jesus himself began with a small group of men and women, and look what happened. By the 4th century AD, the influence of God's gospel had spread throughout the Roman Empire. This hadn't happened through armed conflict, but through the work of God's Word and God's Spirit. Come with me to the events that unfold in John chapter 9, a chapter that reads like a drama in three acts. John chapter 9, verses 1 to 41. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me, while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened the man's eyes. Then the Pharisees began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they again asked the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he see now? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he now sees nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. 
His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sin, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found them, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into the world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this, and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, We see, your sin remains. In Act 1, we find a blind man begging on the side of the road. It was a familiar sight. But this man hadn't contracted blindness through the dusty, disease-laden air of the roads. He had been born blind, and the question Jesus' followers asked reflected Jewish theology. Who sinned, this man or his parents, they asked. People often ask a similar question today when things go awry. What have I done to deserve this? Jesus' response was unexpected. Sin hadn't led to this man's blindness. Rather, it was to reveal God's power. Consider the simplicity of the drama that follows. Jesus doesn't look for any expression of faith. He simply acts. And like all the gospel miracles, he wields the creative power of God. It's a miracle that speaks of the uniqueness of Jesus. Jesus is a unique man doing unique things. He spat on the ground, made clay, and anointed the man's eyes. Go and wash, he commanded. The man obeyed and returned, 
seeing. Just think how this simply stated drama would be written up today. There'd be a detailed description of what Jesus said and did. There'd be interviews with people who'd witnessed it, together with, how did you feel? The gospel record almost seems flat and disappointing, but what mattered was what was done, not what was felt. A marvellous miracle had occurred. Now what? That brings us to Act 2. Five very different conversations unfold, revealing that the man not only had been physically blind, but also spiritually blind. The first conversation was with confused neighbours. I am the man, he responded. The man Jesus healed me. But signs of tension emerge with a second conversation. The Pharisees disputed the credentials of someone who had healed on the Sabbath. No one from God would heal on the Sabbath, some said. How could a sinner do such signs? What do you think, they asked the man. I think he's the prophet, he responded. In a third conversation, the Pharisees spoke with the healed man's parents. In response to their questioning, they insisted that their son was born blind, but now could see. Anyone who said the man who had healed him is the Christ would be excommunicated, the Pharisees warned. Don't involve us, the parents replied. Ask our son. He is of age. And when the Pharisees spoke with a healed man, they aggressively observed that he had been born in utter sin. Keep quiet and all will be well, they said. But the man wasn't shaken. He knew that he was blind and that now he could see. He was also beginning to see that these revered leaders were blind to the truth. We know that God has spoken to Moses, they said, but as for this man, we don't know where he is from. You call Jesus a sinner, the man responded. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. The fifth conversation is one of the most beautiful found in the Bible. We read it in verses 35 through 37. The man has just been rejected by the religious leaders, but Jesus seeks him out. Do you believe in the Son of Man? he asks. And the man's response is honest and open. I would believe if... Jesus' response is stunning. You have seen him. With your own eyes you have seen me, the Son of Man. And now I am speaking to your mind and heart, reaching the depths of your soul with who I am. Lord, I believe, the man responded. And he worshipped Jesus as though he were God. There are few mountain peaks higher in John's Gospel. The man began calling Jesus a man, then a prophet, and then, this man must be from God, and now he worships Jesus as Lord. It's a road many people travel, as they awaken in their understanding of Jesus. He did live, he's a prophet, he must be from God, he is God, he is my Lord. Which brings us to Act 3, where Jesus draws out the meaning of what has happened. We see it in verses 39 through 41. 
For judgment I came into this world, Jesus said, so that those who do not see may see, and so that those who see may become blind. Whenever Jesus spoke, he created tension within people. This continues today, for every time we talk about Jesus, people will react in one of two ways. Some will want to find out more, and in time, come into the light of faith. Others will choose to be drawn into the darkness of unbelief, a terrifying thought. But there is a very positive side to the healing of the formerly blind man. Through the miracle Jesus performed, through his own testimony, and through the testimony of the healed man, John reveals that Jesus is truly the man from heaven. Furthermore, the miracle is a parable. In the healing of the man born blind, God shows us his greater purpose, to give us spiritual sight, something he alone can do. We can't get this by our own efforts. God opens our eyes, drawing us to the truth and a living faith in the Lord Jesus. So let me pray. Almighty God, grant that we who justly deserve to be punished for our sinful deeds may in your mercy and kindness be pardoned and restored. Through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds and the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be amongst us and remain with us always. Amen. People involved in this week's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and Carol McCormick, a member of Emmanuel Anglican Church, New York City. Prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978. The opening and closing music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.